So welcome to Jolty. Today we have a very hot guest. She's the founder and creator of a company called Make Love Not Porn. That's what she means. And she's a social wonder. She is moving deep set social, I want to say inhibitions, prejudices, and making them something instead of like guarded and inhibited, something beautiful and expressive. And that's how I think of Cindy Gallup. So Addie, yes. you've never met Cindy Gallup in person, have you? I have not had the pleasure, no. I clearly know who she is and what she's been up to or down to. I've been to her, one of her apartments and she had on the shelves the most bizarre collection of spiked, gorgeous me heels that I've ever seen in my life. And her place has got completely black and sexy. Right. And uh, she's a real fun girl. Right. And I, I understand. I know she graduated from she graduated from Oxford, and she's dated a lot of people, uh, many of them younger, and all of them gorgeous. And she's kind of an a life adventurer. She's kind of a wild child, wild girl. And she's famous for this saying, make love, not porn, which is really quite beautiful um, because people are so inhibited about sex and everything. And I think she's trying to, you know, lift that away. And 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 her website, make love, not porn, is all about natural, authentic sex as opposed to the artifices and um, manipulated imagery of pornography. So, uh, Cindy, what we'd love for you to do, I mean, everybody knows you, of course. Uh, we'd love for you to tell our audience how you represent yourself. I know we just said that, you know, you graduated Oxford. You don't want to get married for some reason. I don't know. I added that you always have young, gorgeous boyfriends and that you have fabulous shoes and fill in the rest. Um, gosh, well, I, I guess, you know, first and foremost, I'm the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. We are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. Um, as a bootstrapping entrepreneur, I have to support myself alongside my startup. So I do paid personal coaching, consultancy, and public speaking. Um, and, you know, to my approach to my consulting work and my speaking is best characterized in my, you know, bio on LinkedIn, Twitter, etc., which is, I like to blow shit up. I am the Michael Bay of business. Well put. Right. So we have a million, trillion, jillion questions for you. I would just ask, since there's so much in society that we need to blow up, right? Wherever you look, there's something that's detonation ready. So how do you decide what to blow up first? And what's the top three blow upable things on your list? Sure. So you you two will absolutely get this given, you know, the nature of um, our industry. But um, I'm a great believer in, and, and again, this is the product of 37 years working in brand building, marketing and advertising. Um, I'm a great believer in, you know, identifying um, the key nodes of where you can make most impact to change something for the better. Um, which um, is very much about going as far upstream as you can to finding out 
um, precisely what the points are that you can influence in a way that will have genuine impact. And so, you know, to, to answer your question, the top three things, um, Adam, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, you know, I am out to change the way the world has sex for the better with Make Love Not Poor. And I'm doing that by doing something very simple. Um, um, and, and ultimately, you know, our mission is to end rape culture. I'm a big fan of radical simplicity. We do that by doing something very simple that nevertheless nobody else is doing. We end rape culture by showing you how wonderful, great consensual communicative sex is in the real world. Our social sex videos role model good sexual values and good sexual behavior. And here's the important part. We make all of that aspirational versus what you see in porn and popular culture. So that's that's number one. But then um, of the other two things, I think... Um, I am, you know, again, as, 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 as you both know, I'm all about gender equality, diversity and inclusion. And one of the things I especially focus on to try and make that happen, again, looking for, you know, the key node that can kind of flip everything for the better. I believe in focusing on the things that other people don't talk about or, or address quite as much. And so that is why I've been saying to women for many years, I want you to unashamedly set out to make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money. And I explain that I deliberately articulate it like that because that is how much money I want all of us to make. And the reason for that is that we don't get taken seriously until we get taken seriously financially. You know, many years ago, I was a speaker at the inaugural Inspirefest conference in Dublin which was um, started by a woman, the editor of Silicon Republic, um, as the diverse counterpoint to white male-dominated web summit. And so, you know, the first year of Inspirefest, amazing speaker lineup, you know, utterly diverse, 7% female. And it was two days of talking about the challenges facing all of us. And I was one of the final speakers. And I came out on stage and said, you know, we've been talking for the past two days about all of the obstacles we all face. You will be amazed at how immediately those obstacles melt away, how magically they disappear when we prove we can make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money. So I focus on helping women do that. And then, you know, the third thing I want to blow up is, and again, you know, I'm living my own philosophies, but, but I would say it's really getting the business world to see that the single biggest business issue facing every single industry is sexual harassment. And, and the reason for that, and by the way, you know, um, I changed my own thinking on this back in 2017 when I put out a Me Too call out to the advertising industry following the exposure of Harvey Weinstein. And I said, you know, sexual harassment is the single biggest business issue facing every industry because sexual harassment manages out of every industry. It, it prevents women from achieving leadership, which means that we do not have the leaders who would actually make gender equality, diversity, and inclusion happen. And so that's why diversity is not the biggest issue facing every industry sexual harassment is. So those are the three things I'm working to blow up. I think that's brilliant. Do you think that one of the reasons that people don't want to go back to work, especially women, I think, is because they're relieved from the pressure of sexual harassment and just being treated like crap, actually, most of the time. What do you think? 
Um, 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 yep, in, in a broader sense, um, Faith, um, absolutely, because we live in a patriarchal world and a patriarchal business world. You know, to, um, again, you know, I've talked for years about the fact that the entire way the corporate world is structured is predicated on the concept of a housewife. Because, you know, the structures and the hierarchies of the business world, the corporate world, were built up around the belief that it would only ever be men who went to work and there would always be a woman at home taking care of everything else. And today, all of that's changed, but the structure and the assumption it's based on, you know, is integrated in the system. And so that hasn't. Um, and so it's, you know, it's those... Um, it's those daily microaggressions. It's absolutely daily demonstrations of sexism, racism, all this is intersectional, obviously. Um, but it's also the fact that, you know, because of that patriarchal corporate world, you know, and, and we've all grown up in this, you know, there has historically been pre-COVID the macho business culture of, you know, if I don't see you at your desk, from six in the morning till 10 o'clock at night and on Saturday and Sunday, you're not really working. And so in a female um, lens business world, it would operate completely differently in a way that would make men a lot happier because we are about results, not process. And every woman is a brilliant multitasker, especially mothers, whom businesses should be falling over themselves to hire, but instead are massively biased against. And so, you know, women know and mothers know that, you know, it's all about the results and you will hack and shortcut and, you know, creatively imagine, you know, and and construct ways to make those results happen under impossible circumstances. It's not about being in the office 24-7. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, it's interesting, just as an observation about male-dominated um, business, you know, as business emerged, in the, as we know it, in the Industrial Revolution, there were only two models that existed the church and the military, and both are male-dominated. So they, those, those hierarchical structures were imported into the business structure. That's how we got where we are. That's a very good comment. Can I just go, I just want to go back to the, for a second, to the rape culture versus authentic sex and love mm. um, dialectic that you talked about. Mm. Do you think the rape culture is the opposite of what you're doing, or is it a completely different vector driven by a completely different psychosis? Um, no, it it is it is the opposite of of, of what we're doing, Adam. And in fact, your the, the comment you just made about work was very interesting because, you know, um, I've been working on make love not porn for thirteen years, and and so I get asked the same questions by journalists and reporters time and time again. And one question I'm regularly asked is, "So, Cindy." Why do you think we're all so repressed about sex? And I'm asked this so often, and I have my answer down pat. Three reasons. So reason number one. Reason number one is centuries of repression, religion, sociocultural dynamics in every single country in the world. This issue is global. But to your point, Adam, reason number two is the patriarchy. Because historically, every institution has been male-dominated, including government and, to your point, religion. We as women have never been allowed to bring our lens to bear on human sexuality and the world is a poorer place for it. And, and by the way, reason number three, very straightforwardly, is there are not enough people like me. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's just that the, the world makes it extraordinarily difficult to innovate and disrupt social narratives around sex. Many people have tried and given up and I don't blame them. My life is shitty on a daily basis. 
And so we need many more people like me who won't give up no matter what. But um, but to your question, here's here's what's really interesting coming out of that, because I designed Make Love Not Porn to be fully gender equal, diverse and inclusive. And it is. Our members are now Make Love Not Porn stars are male, female, trans, non-binary, everybody. But over the 10 years we've been operating as a, as a business, we've found that we are especially a revelation to men. More men write amazing emails to us than anybody else because we are something utterly unique that men will not find anywhere else on the internet, which is a safe space where men can be and see other men being open, emotional, and vulnerable around sex. I've been saying for years that I wish society understood the opposite of what it thinks is true. Women enjoy sex just as much as men, and men are just as romantic as women. Yet neither gender is allowed to openly celebrate that fact, and we'd all be a lot better off if they were. You would not believe the number of men who write to us and say, I just watched my first video on Make Love Not Porn, and afterwards I cried. I picked up a Twitter exchange last year between two men. One man had tweeted, as a joke, by the way, you know, he tweeted, hey guys, got this really weird fetish. Got this kink where I want to watch porn, where people are honest, loving, loyal, decent, truthful, really like each other. Hit me up with your hottest links, please. <laughs> so this man replied to him and he said on Twitter, there's a website called Make Love Not Porn. We can see real couples fucking and making love. He said, I watched a video where the woman said to her man, I love you while they're making love. He said, sincerely, I cried when I heard that. Wow. That's beautiful, Cindy. Really. You know, we've been reading a lot about, you know, start, you know, that book, Clara and the Sun, you know, where there'll be robotic companions, but then even further, these robotic companions, because we're so bad with each other, like you're saying, we don't know what each other's looking for at once, uh, will really be able to fulfill us sexually. Um, will that help? Will that hurt? What? So that that's a great question, Faith, because um, I believe in using technology to make good things happen in the real world. And, you know, when we have, to Adam's point earlier, you know, a male-dominated, you know, patriarchal tech industry, um, and we also have, therefore, a male-dominated tech media industry, where what gets the coverage are, you know, male-founded tech innovations, there can be a real emphasis and focus on things like, you know, I mean, I mean, in my area, sex tech, you know, sex robots and, you know, teledildonics. And so, you know, all of the coverage, all of the attention and very unfortunately, all of the funding goes to hardware that is designed to drive us further and further apart in the real world. And what I'm all about is software, um, which is what we are with Make Love Not Porn, that is designed to bring us closer together in the real world. And so... You know, I absolutely believe, by the way, that robots have a role to play, that there are incredibly useful things they can do, you know, as companions, as carers, as guides, as, you know, people with disabilities, etc. But fundamentally, because of how screwed up we are about this universal air of human experience, sex, we have not even begun to see how very different the world could be when we do what I'm doing, socialize and normalize sex in the real world, bring it out into the open, into the sunlight, destigmatize, take the shame and embarrassment away. 
And then we will not need the robots because we'll all be connecting a whole lot better. Except, you know, there's something, yes, that would be a perfect world, but there's something about a robot. Let's say it looked like a person, not like what we're looking, not like the Tin Man, you know, that's less self-conscious, you know, because they know everything about you. They're not judgmental. Um, they're, they're exploring through maybe all kinds of technology or innermost desires. They're, they're empathetic. They're, you know, many, many things. Now you wish people were like that, but I think that would take stripping them back down to their childhoods and rebuilding them. I mean, you know, so. Um, but that's the fun of people. That's the fun of people, Faith. You know, I mean, we're, I mean, yeah, we're all imperfect human beings. And since the dawn of time, those imperfect human beings have managed to fall in love with each other and find enormous happiness. Cindy, let me let me ask you: since since you started hmm. this mission um, till now, has it gotten easier to get content? Because you're really asking people to expose their most vulnerable moments to anybody. So what's the journey been to get people to have the confidence in you and what you're building to actually say, I'm going to, I'm going to open myself up in this way. Sure. So, um, so actually, Adam, interestingly, um, the ability to have people share their real world sex has never been a problem. It's the least of our, and by the way, we have many other problems that make love not porn that are to do with the business <laughs> world, but it's not. So, um, right from the very start, but because obviously, so we launched Make Love Not Porn, um, the platform, um, 10 years ago. And obviously, you know, before we launched, we had to seed the platform with content. So I spent a year asking my entire network and complete strangers, will you film yourselves having real world sex for us? And so um, every time I had a conversation about Make Love Not Porn, I would end it by asking the question, would you be interested in contributing content? And I would always ask this question, regardless of whether I personally thought the person I was talking to would or wouldn't, which is how I found out that 99.9% of the time, the answer is yes. Really? To the extent that I, I literally had to force my um, facial features to remain immobile because I wanted to go, what? <laughs> the desire to do this lies a lot a lot closer to the surface in many more people than you would, would have thought. And given a reason, given our social mission and our social values, people jump at the chance. And, and what is really interesting is, so, you know, I and my tiny team fight a battle every day to build this business, basically because every piece of business infrastructure, other tech startups take for granted, we can't, the small print always says no adult content. And one of the most frustrating components of this is that we are banned from advertising. We cannot advertise on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Reddit, right. I ask you, by the way. Why you know, is that? TikTok. Why, why, why? Um, because we are yeah. sex related, but also, but by the way, because you may not be aware of this, there's a gendered lens at work here. It's not simply make love, not porn and sex tech ventures. Any female lens, sexual health and wellness venture also can't advertise. Menstruation ventures can't, menopause, fertility. In the meantime, male sexual health and wellness, not a problem. Erectile dysfunction solutions, come on in. Anyway, um, the reason I'm telling you that is because, um, so we, we don't advertise, we can't, we can't promote ourselves. And nevertheless, during the pandemic, our, submission, our video submissions rate tripled. 
And, and it's now quadrupled. You know, we are getting over four videos a day to make Love Not Porn without doing any advertising or promotion. And that, that gives you some idea of how much the world wants us and how much people want to do this and how when they find a safe space um, where, you know, I've built a community around shared sexual values. Everybody who is part of Make Love Not Porn believes in, in you know, helping to create more open, healthy dialogue around attitudes and behavior towards sex in the real world. And so, no, uh, we have absolutely no problem at all getting real world sex video submissions. So what are they submitting, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, sure. So, you know, we we exist to celebrate the full glorious spectrum of human sexuality. And so our videos encompass everything, but importantly, you know, the real world sex version. And, and, and there are some very important social benefits to this because for a start, you know, our videos celebrate real world everything. Real world bodies, real world hair, real world penis size, real world breast size, real world vulvas. And the reason that's so important is you can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love till you're blue in the face. At the end of the day, nothing makes us feel great about our own bodies, like seeing people who are no one's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, right. desiring each other, having an amazing time in bed. In a world where every message in popular culture tells us, all of us, every day that we are not hot, sexually attractive and desirable unless we are this skinny, six-pack abs look like this, our members tell us that we made them feel better about their own bodies. You know, one man wrote and said, my girlfriend and I now feel able to be more open and central with each other because you made both of us feel better about our own bodies. Then, you, you know, again, we're fully inclusive. We have many, you know, kink real world sex videos, BDSM, role play. But here's the interesting thing on Make Love Not Porn. You know, so in our kinky videos, you see, you know, the... Um, all of the preparation beforehand, discussion of boundaries, you know, planning out what you're going to do, making sure everyone's okay with it. And you see the aftercare, you know, coming out of a particular scenario that you've agreed together, you know, cuddling up, taking care of each other. Or, and again, you know, there are so many things you only see on Make Love Not Porn. You might see a couple, we have many role play videos. You'll see a couple engaging in a role play. They've worked out this fantasy. They've gotten dressed up. Halfway through, one of them goes to the other, you know what? Not really doing it for me. And the other one goes, yeah, this is a bit meh. They go, let's just fuck. You know? yeah. and, and that's great because it tells people it's all very low stakes. It's fine to try something, find out in the middle you don't enjoy it, stop doing it. This is real world, totally cool. But what, go, what goes to my mind is the phrase therapeutic voyeurism. Yeah. Oh, oh um, Adam. Uh, and in fact, you know, what is fascinating, Adam, is I'm blown away every day by discovering how well Make Love Not Porn does what I designed it to do, but how well it does many things I never designed it to do. So to your point, I mean, in terms of what I designed it to do, we hear all the time from couples who say, you know, um, you saved our relationship, you saved our marriage, hadn't had sex in years, you know, because we're social sex, they watch our videos together, kaboom. And, and also, it's not just what we do, it's the way that we do it. Everything is social. So couples tell us, you know, Watching your videos then talking about them was as natural and normal as watching something on Netflix, TV, talking about it. And from there, it's, you know, what just one step to talking about our own sex life and how we can make it better. But, but in terms of what I never designed Make Love Not Porn consciously to do, 
We hear, again to your point, we hear from survivors of rape, sexual abuse, sexual assault. We hear from female, male, trans, non-binary survivors who tell us that Make Love Not Porn help them reclaim their bodies. We help them feel able to be sexual again in a scenario where porn is obviously way too triggering. You know, we, we help them get back to being a sexual being and having a sex life after utterly traumatic um, happenings. And in fact, we have several Make Love Not Porn stars who tell us that socially sharing their real world sex has helped them to process and heal from sexual trauma. And, you know, I'm, I'm blown away by that because I never thought that my platform, you know, I never consciously designed to do that. And then many sex therapists recommend us to their clients. You know, we, we discovered that when people wrote to us and said, my therapist recommended you and it's been amazing. So, um, so yeah, we absolutely are. I mean, um, we, we, we talk about ourselves as telehealth for your sex life. Right. So do you charge them? I mean, is there a charge? Um, so Make Love Porn operates a revenue sharing business model, which I designed 13 years ago to democratize access to income. And by the way, I foresaw the crater economy 13 years ago. So um, our members pay to subscribe, rent and stream social sex videos. Half the income goes to our contributors and we call out Make Love Not Porn stars. And, you know, when we when, when we launched as a business 10 years ago, I wrote a blog post introducing our business model and I titled it How Make Love Not Porn Can Help the Global Economy. And I began it by saying, you know, all those little scam ads that pop up on the Internet all the time going, make $2,000 a week working from home. Well, now you can. <laughs> and I said in that post, you know, I, my, my, my aim one day is to reach the kind of critical mass with Make Love Not Porn where, you know, your Make Love Not Porn video could get a million rentals at $5 per rental and we give you half that income. Now, we're a very long way off that because, because again, of all the obstacles we face business-wise, tech-wise, financial-wise daily. But I am thrilled at the fact that our Make Love Not Porn stars tell us that this bonus income has helped them pay off student loans, pay their rent, enable them to take vacations they couldn't have otherwise. During the pandemic, like everyone else, a number of them lost their jobs, couldn't find work. They told us that our monthly payouts help them keep going. And, and by the way, the reason I designed Make Love Porn around this model is because I feel very strongly that everybody should, you know, obtain the financial value of what they create. And I feel that especially strongly because my background is theatre and advertising, two industries where ideas and creativity are massively undervalued, even by the creators themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that when you create something that gives other people pleasure, which might be, by the way, you know, a piece of journalism, you know, a piece of art, whatever it is, you should absolutely see a financial return on it. And the more people you give more pleasure to, the greater that financial return should be. And, and so that's why I created our revenue sharing model. And you, obviously you, oh, that, you don't sell. You know, that was. Oh, okay, you go ahead. Eh? You were going to ask if she sells advertising. Oh, so, so, so I can't advertise faith. Okay. But um, I'm a great believer in building solutions to my own problem. And so I'm, I'm currently raising a round of $20 million to scale um, Make Love Not Porn. And by the way, I've kept Make Love Not Porn operating for 10 years on just $3 million of funding. 
that's an extraordinary achievement, especially given all of the obstacles we face. So, you know, the time is now to raise serious funding. And I'm raising that um, to scale and optimize the core platform, Make Love Not Porn, but also to build out three product expansions, um, which will together create what I'm calling the Make Love Not Porn universe, which is a social sex ecosystem designed not only to scale my business, but to allow other female-led sexual health and wellness ventures to thrive and scale within it. And so to, to, to answer your question, one of the things I want to build with funding is my own ad tech. Now, I have exhorted the women of the advertising industry for years to start ad tech ventures. And that's because, as, as you will know, ad tech is as white bro dominated as the tech industry and advertising. We as women are the primary targets of all advertising as the primary purchasers and influencers purchase everything. We are constantly targeted and sold to through the white male lens and the white bros are the one making huge amounts of money out of that. So I've been telling women for years to start ad tech ventures and now I want to start one because um, I want to build ad tech, which um, in the first instance will operate across our own properties, makelovenotporn.tv and the other two um, platforms I plan to build. We can come on to that if we have enough time. In order to prove concept, um, after which I can turn it to an ad exchange that plugs in everywhere else. And my ad tech works on the complete opposite of the you know, white bro model, which is reach, eyeballs, clickbait, fraud. I'm calling my model sale, not scale, because my ad tech is going to serve ads that people will actually want to watch. So much so it will be destination viewing. And there are three reasons why people are going to want to watch these ads. The first is that When we can build this, I'm going to open up our ad tech to everybody like us who is currently banned from advertising. And as I said to you, it's not just sex-related ventures. It is menopause, menstruation, fertility. And it's not just smaller businesses. We're talking about the big players. Procter & Gamble, Unilever, SET, Reckitt, they can't advertise Sanpro, condoms, lube, the way they want to. So reason number one people want to watch these ads is because, A, these are ads for products and services that help in these most intimate areas of our lives that we are all desperate for help with. But B, they'll want to watch them because they can't see them anywhere else because they're banned everywhere else. But the second reason people want to watch these ads is because on our ad tech, you can advertise any bloody way you like, no censorship. And I use the term bloody advisedly because Sanpro, forget the blue ink on the pad, bring on the blood, have fun with it. This is every advertising agency's dream creative brief. Be funny, engaging, entertaining, compelling, with no holds barred in all of these areas. And that's why our ad tech has a share button, because people are going to want to forward these ads to their friends. This is how you go viral instantly. And the third reason people want to watch these ads is because at the heart of everything Make Love Not Porn does is human curation. That's why we're the safest place on the internet. And so this is ad tech you apply to be placed on, you know, our curators will decide whether A, we endorse your brand product service, got to be legit, and B, whether your advertising is of sufficient quality of engagement entertainment to be served on an ad channel that is all about ads that people actively want to watch. And the reason I say I want to prove concept with, and by the way, I'm calling this here for the ads. I've got you out here for the ads.com to market it. But the, the, the reason I say I want to prove concept is because 
the people currently banning us all from advertising on Facebook, Instagram et al., they don't know what it'd be like if they allowed us to advertise. They just know it'd be really bad. In their heads, they have this abstract concept of Sodom and Gomorrah will ensue. When I can show them an ad channel serving ads, you know, for all these brands that are really fun and engaging, when they get to see them, not only does the sky not fall, but that all of these ads are amazing. People are sharing the shit out of them. And not coincidentally, we are making a huge amount of revenue. That's when, as I say, not only can I turn it into an ad exchange that plugs in everywhere else, but also I break down those advertising barriers for all of us across the internet as a whole. Sounds wonderful. So you wouldn't be stopped from sending, from posting something you got through ad tech on Facebook? Um, so, so the idea is I want to build my own ad exchange. So in the first okay. instance, Faith, um, you know, we will run this ad channel on our own properties. I see. Not porn.tv plus a couple of others that I haven't, I haven't told you about. I see. Proof concept. And then the idea is once we've proved concept, to build partnerships with platforms who see the revenue potential. And so we do the curating. Because we human curate everything, um, you know, for, for example, we could say to Facebook and Instagram, partner with us, you know, we do the curating. So, you know, anybody, anybody, you know, to, who wants to run ads, put it through our ad tech here for the ads. It can be published on Facebook and Instagram. You'll know it's safe and we take a percentage of the ad budget. Mm. Mm, that's fantastic. What do you think, Eddie? Right. You want to build a trade desk, a proprietary trade desk. Um, ultimately, yeah. As I say, got to prove concept first. I understand Facebook and Instagram are very, very, very restrictive. But what about the open web? I mean, there are products like Quora and so forth that I think use programmatic and use the open web. I just was reading my Morning Brew um, newsletter the other day. and There was an ad for a, for a startup and I think it was a demonstration space. So some of it is some of it is out there, but it's you've got to you've got to work hard to find the platforms that will accept it. But in principle, I like the idea. Thank you. I was, I was just gonna say that we are banned from Google search. Oh, I get I get make love not porn. No, 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 but I was just I was just to say No, I get that. The point I was gonna make was uh, and and the reason that's so ludicrous, um, and this gives you an idea of the scale of the opportunity, is because our growth has been organic. And one of the things that's driven it is organic search. And the interesting thing about that is every day, people around the world search for Make Love Not Porn without knowing that we exist. And what I mean by that is the top organic search terms that drive traffic to us are Make Love, Not Porn, Real sex, not porn. Right. Video sexo, not right. porno. Make love, not porn, where they don't know there's a business called that. One young man told me that, that he found us when he Googled porn that is not porn. He was so fed up with everything out there, wanted something different, no idea what to search for. When you Google porn that is not porn, you find make love, not porn. The world wants us and knows it needs us. And so these barriers are spurious. And so what I'm always trying to do is, you know, prove content in a way that actually breaks those barriers down for all of us. Got it. Did you have a question, Addie? I want to go back to the creator economy that you talked about. Um, sites like mm. Patreon and OnlyFans, how do those ecosystems interface or integrate with you or mm. is there no yep. bridge there? Sure. So, so first of all, Patreon several years ago banned adult content. And so um, you can't post anything 
you know, sex related on Patreon. And by the way, there was a huge outroar and outcry when that happened because there were a number of people making a lot of money out of that on, on Patreon. With OnlyFans, and, you know, I was interviewed a lot about OnlyFans in the wake of them banning adult content last year, which they then reinstated after the huge outcry there. First of all, OnlyFans operates very differently to Make Love Not Porn because we spent literally years concepting and designing Make Love Not Porn before we ever built it through the female lens because we knew that if we were going to invite people to do something they'd never done before, socially share their real-world sex, we had to think through every possible ramification of that to create a completely safe and trustworthy space. So not only do we operate unlike anybody else in the adult sphere, we operate unlike anybody else on the internet, period. And that's because I designed Make Love Not Porn around what, quite frankly, everyone else should have, no one else did, human curation. There is no self-publishing of anything. Our curators watch every video submitted from beginning to end, review every member's profile post, review every comment in a video, we approve or reject, we publish. So OnlyFans was not designed to keep its creators safe. So on OnlyFans, you can be doxxed. It's, it's very difficult to take your content down when you want it down. By the way, on Make Love Not Porn, the moment you want your videos gone, you tell us, we take them down immediately. No process, you know, no application form. You tell us within 50 minutes, they're gone. No one else does that. You know. Now, I wish that OnlyFans had the same agenda we do, which is to mainstream all of this because they are an enormously powerful force that had they chosen to make that their agenda could again have broken down barriers for all of us. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they have done what many businesses have done like Patreon, which is bow to the forces that go, anything adult is not allowed to be funded and scale, scale and, and grow. Um, I'm happy to say they reversed that decision. They, they now appear to be ostensibly more welcoming of it. You can still see many sex workers on on social, on Twitter, complaining about how OnlyFans treats them. So there's a difference between the public facing and, and the actual practice. But but I would love to see OnlyFans succeed in mainstreaming all of this. Mm-hmm. So do you have, are there people in your organization, you know, young women and men that are as passionate as you that will take over from you someday? Oh, I have an amazing team at Make Love Not Porn. Um, time is small but perfectly formed. So um, there are only six of us. You know, I, I only have five employees and actually I only have four because I have a fantastic CTO, but she's working with us pro bono until we raise funding. Um, and so, and, and what is wonderful, um, Faith, is that, you know, I have a startup that is self-selecting. And what I mean by that is that we attract to us people who love what we do and want to be a part of it. And so, you know, our amazing head of curation, Ariel Martinez, she wrote to me 10 years ago from college and said, you know, um, do you take interns? Because I love what you're doing. I'd love to intern for you. So I went, gosh, hadn't thought about, you know, that, but we could. Um, and, and at the time, it was just me and one curator. For many years, Make Love Not Porn was me unpaid, one paid employee, a curator. And so Ariel joined as our intern, you know, became a, you know, assistant curator. And today she's our head of curation 10 years later, and she's amazing. Wow, that's um, great. Yep. That's wonderful. Abigail Mliner is our head of sales. She reached out to me three years ago and said, I love what you're doing. I would love to come and work for you in any capacity. Here's my background. 
you know, and so I, I just started thinking we could really do with someone to work on sales. And so she is now a head of sales, um, although she's the department of one. So I'm dying to raise funding to give her the sales department she deserves. Angie Cosmo and, and Sanaya Latif are our two brilliant curators. And yeah, they're all amazing. And in fact, you know, now that we have come out of the pandemic, I mean, shouldn't say that too soon, because here in New York, as you know, COVID Monkey is still pass. a thing. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I've said to all of them, I want, I want them to be more public facing. You know, I feel them for the media requests I get. I want them to talk on panels. And again, you know, what is so wonderful, and, and, and you guys totally know this from, you know, our, our, our mutual backgrounds, the single most important foundation you can build a brand on is trust. We Make Love Not Porn um, is a brand that has an extraordinary level of trust from our community because we design it around enormous respect for our community to keep them safe. I believe that trust is the fundamental foundation stone of any successful company. And what I love about my team is... I know that I can, you know, step back from what I'm doing. I can go on vacation. I can trust them to absolutely run this business, even as this tiny team, in exactly the way it should be run. And that is Yay. just phenomenal. Well, a lot of credit and kudos to you. There was one question we wanted to ask you, of course, about who are you selling to? What are you selling? What do you need? What are you selling? Sure. Um, so, um, so basically, um, what we're selling is, um, obviously, we are recruiting members and subscribers for Make Love Not Porn. Right. And for Abigail, you know, um, that is a head of sales task unlike any other, because we can't advertise. And we can't promote ourselves, we can't market ourselves. And so we have to be enormously creative. Um, so we have a, you know, obviously, um, we have an entire email marketing program to our community. And so Abigail does a fantastic job of, you know, absolutely ensuring that our emails work as hard as they can and without existing, you know, membership database. Um, we send, um, you know, on average, three marketing emails a week, each one themed differently, you know, around, for example, you know, with summer coming on, the other week we sent an alfresco email, which is our tag for outdoor sex. So we have many wonderful videos in fabulous locations, you know, forests and waterfalls. And, you know, so that, that, that was to get everyone sort of in, in the spirit of summer. Um, so, so terrific email marketing program. She is constantly trying to find places that we can advertise. And by the way, given our situation, quite often this involves what can we try and test and run before they discover us and shut, and shut it down? You know, so that there's a lot of that going on, unfortunately. You know, looking for any creative sponsorships we can undertake that will help get the message out. You know, it's it's not a conventional sales role at all. It's one in which you have to be extremely innovative and creative. Right. One question Adam had, which I'll tell you, which was the impact of the Dobbs decision, you know, anti-abortion, has that had an effect on your company or on porn or on love or what? Um, so um, the day that decision was announced, you know, I said to my team, this makes what we are doing even more important than ever before. Because what we do at Make Love Not Porn is we give people sexual agency. And by the way, all the problems of the world are caused by the lack of sexual agency for women. Okay. And, you know, in a global sense, but unfortunately, this is now, you know, when women no longer are you know, abused and raped as children, are no longer made to be child brides, 
are no longer forced to be brides, period, at any age, are no longer forced to bear children at any age, are no longer subject to rape and sexual harassment that keeps them out of work, keeps them out of industries. You know, I could go on and on through a woman's entire lifetime. But basically, we live in a world where our patriarchal society means that women have little to no sexual agency. Our platform gives women, as well as everybody else, by the way, sexual agency. And so I said to my team, you know, the ability now to open up, you know, conversations around sex, to enable women to only have the sex they want to have, to be able to have agency in conversations about, you know, safe sex and how you ensure that you do not get pregnant when you don't want to get pregnant, that open up conversations amongst men as well about what men see on our platform is equality of sexual agency. You know, to, um, they are educated on how they can achieve a much better sex life and better relationship with their partners accordingly. But, but I said, this makes the ability to, you know, give women the power and the agency to, to be able to choose the kind of sex they have, be able, you know, to, um, not to have unsafe sex, to end rape culture so women do not get pregnant through rape. This makes all of that even more important than ever before. And so that, that is something we are very conscious of. You know, there's a role we can play because we are a private company. We are outside of any system. And the more we can scale Make Love Not Porn to have, you know, the impact we want it to in this country and globally, the more everybody benefits. So I just want to say, I have always admired you. You know that, Cindy. I've made you the best martinis. You have, Faith. You absolutely have. I have. I adore you. I say good things about you all the time. I think you're amazing. And I personally don't understand, unless you have an extra gene somewhere, how you can stand the discrimination, the idea you can't advertise you know, anything about women's happiness or joy. And that how you can go day after day and how you support yourself is a mystery. How do you support yourself if you've been existing on a teeny, teeny budget like that? So um, so, so, so two responses. And, and by the way, Faith, I'm very moved by that. Thank you. And I love you. I just love you. I really do. I hope you know. You don't ask me to do enough. I don't know what I can do, but I would. Well, so first of all, I support myself through paid consultancy and public speaking. So okay. recommend the shit out of me. To, I will. You know, I will. Anyone who would like consultancy or speaking. <laughs> okay. And, and, and secondly, um, you know, to question of how I keep going, Faith, the, the dynamic that most motivates me, that keeps you going through anything, is the one that I characterize as, I'm going to f***ing well show you. You tell me it can't be done, I'm going to f well show you. Good for you. You put an obstacle path, I'm going to f***ing well show you. I have to take all of that daily demoralization, depression, all of those difficulties, I have to turn them into motivation and inspiration. And, and that's what keeps me going. Well, you're the ultimate, ultimate lemon lemonade to vodka martinis right, to whatever. nuclear fusion. Yeah. You're beautiful. You're a beautiful, beautiful person. And um. I know our audience is going to fall in love with you as we have. And thank you so much for coming on. And Addie, did you want to add something? I'll, I'll just say, it's, you know, we don't know each other, but we do now. And it's been really a delight to have you. And I do think that the industry is waiting for Michael Bay-like destruction. And I think now more than ever, as we're seeing more women 
even in ad tech, where I do some work, get into more positions of power. I think the moment that you fought for for a long time is at hand. Hopefully. So like Faith, you know, let's figure out, we can talk offline about what we can do together to help accelerate the mission. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I enormously appreciate that. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, I'm so grateful to you for, for giving me the opportunity to talk to you about that. About all of this. We too. We too. We'll come, we're going to come back to you, Cindy. I know we're going to brainstorm now and think like, what else? What else? Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you See so you much. Soon, baby. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Addie, what do you think of her? I think she's a phenomenal force of nature. I think what she's trying to do is necessary. I think we do have a male-dominated culture that deprives women of their agency. I do think the forces are aligned against free and open expression of sexuality. I think we drive too many young men to porn because they are repressed and are not in touch with, as she described it, what emotion can really be. So I think it's great that she's trying to be a catalyst for a revolution that society needs. She was extraordinary. I think we're going to get a lot of like emails based on this, uh, pro and con. I think she's about provocation, right? I find her amazing. She's a true entrepreneur. Yeah, look what she did with a couple million bucks. I mean, I, I hope we get a lot of response because that's what... Three million. Yeah, with nothing, you know, with chump change. She basically built this platform and made it work. And You know what I don't understand where I would advise her, and I will, and you will too? Like, what about companies that make uh, IUDs and every... Co- shouldn't they be consulting with her? Yes, I think... They're afraid, though, that big companies are allergic to truth-telling. And I think maybe now, when things are getting a little bit more open, it's possible. But it's more likely that it's the startups that are in so-called femtech that will want to bring her in. And I think, yeah. I think she probably has an opportunity to be more of a content machine beyond just the videos, because I think the narrative behind her mission is pretty powerful. And I think she she might even use that as a way to get around some of the advertising prohibition. Yeah, we'll have to talk to her about it. She's adorable. She's adorable. She just keeps on ticking. I was just going to say, I think, I think it's remarkable uh, that people, that the trust that she's built in the brand, as she put it as such, that people will send off their most intimate moments and let her publish them. That says a lot. It does. It does. So that was another episode of Jolty. Faith and I enjoyed it. We love shaking things up. We love hosting people who are transforming the world, who refuse to accept the status quo, and who are hopefully, and I think are, helping our listeners succeed in this jolty, jagged, and complicated world that we're in. So please rate us or comment on iTunes or the platform of your choice, but be nice. Tell your friends and uh, see you next time. Yeah. See you in the future, peeps. See you in the future. <laughs>